When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. This is Zach. I'm here with Laura. I'm laughing at myself right now because, uh, not because of a dad joke actually, but because I just watched a video where James Corden punked David Beckham with a fake statue. And it was actually quite hilarious and I enjoyed it and I hope you watch it. Um, today, I, I don't know what we're talking about today. It's a surprise. Uh, we recorded last week and I'm recording an intro today because I have a special announcement, which is that Laura and I are teaching the seven principles for making marriage work next weekend. The date is March 22nd and 23rd, but this weekend, the 16th, is the last day to register. So if you're thinking about joining us in Seattle uh, for this uh, sort of quick tune-up of your relationship and uh, featuring the the kind of the key principles for John Gottman's research, then go ahead and register right away, and um, we'll look forward to seeing you there. It's a fun time. And for now, stick around. So I'm just going to jump in because I was telling you this story before we hit record, um, but... Yeah. Uh, so you know that I work out at this gym. It's like a group fitness gym, and the chain is called F45. You do Orange Theory. Okay. Uh, very similar, yeah. right? High-intensity interval workouts. Sure. Um, yep. Normally, I am trained by other moms that look like me, talk like me, and they have, I don't know what happened, but the gods, they came down and they sprinkled a little male dust on the gym, and now I have a male trainer. And it is okay. a game-changer it's like now I work yeah. out extra hard. I won't work out for other moms, but if there is a male trainer that's like just slightly <laughs> younger than me, I work out so hard. That's funny. You have yeah. to understand this because most of your trainers are female, right? Yeah, but they're but I'm not into it. Like I'm I'm I kind of just go do my thing, and then I I don't really care if they even if they're super like attractive. Uh, I don't know. No, not really. I mean, I don't know what it's like when I was in school. I was always yeah. the girl that sat in the in like middle front and you just yeah. like smiled up at the teacher the whole time. My son does that now, too. But yeah, now yeah. now with a male instructor, I feel like I'm doing that. Like, just notice me. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm like, don't notice me because I like to take sets off and walk sometimes. <laughs> See, and... That's the thing. Like, notice me yeah. and I won't take breaks and it'll be a better workout for me. Um, yeah. We actually had a, a reporter that had reached out and said, what do you have to say about this whole like lo idea of being attracted to other people? 
and I was ready to write this article. And then they said, up, oh, just kidding. I just submitted it. Didn't need your content. But um, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about it now as I'm like talking about this male trainer at my gym that's nice to look at. Nothing wrong with having somebody nice to look at, right? Right. Well, it's funny. I it's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic, and I think it. Uh, I so once about once a month, I hang out on a boat with some friends, two other guy friends, and mm-hmm. we sit around. And we talk about everything. Like uh, we really just talk about everything. And yeah. we got into this conversation last time about that very thing. Like, what mm-hmm. does it mean if you like find yourself drawn to somebody, yeah. or you have an attraction, or you have a crush, even? And one of the guys was like, "It just means that you're alive," you know. And he had this very simple. <laughs> kind of uh, explanation for it. And then this other guy that we both know okay. and you might imagine <laughs> has an in, has an entire philosophy that I he bet. he like laid out for us and and the whole process of what it is. But I suppose it's everything in between. I guess um you know, uh, I guess as long as you and your partner kind of understand the rules together, yeah, it, it works out in the end. I was, I was literally just telling my husband this. We were up at the mountain and we were, we were riding together, and um, I told him, I forget how it came up, but it was basically like, "Honey, I know that I'm in a really good place with you in our relationship when I have so much confidence walking up to young men and just." I mean, I say the things I wish I could have said when I was young and single because I have I have yeah. so much confidence in myself and I'm not looking for anything other than uh, I, I don't know. Like just when I look at. Yes, somebody, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not not looking for anything. I'm not. But, you know, it's just sort of like I never would have told a really attractive man that I thought his eyes were beautiful. Never would have said that. Uh-huh. But now, yeah, I think those things all the time and I say them out loud now. But I'm mm. and I don't want it to go anywhere. That's the kind of thing I would get arrested or sued for. No. If they were your clients. Yeah, sure. If they were your clients. Well, Who's going to be arresting you? you? I'm sorry, sir, but you can't but I, compliment your barista. I mean, seriously, though, if I'm at Trader Joe's and I walk up to some woman and be like, hey, your eyes are gorgeous. Yeah. That's creepy. No, that that's would creepy. feel so good. I love compliments no. from strangers. Love them. Jeez. Uh-uh. No. Mm. Well, I, you know, I think it's it's. Here's the thing. It's because we've talked about this. It's the compared, the alternative comparison that I am not looking to trade in my partner. I'm not like comparing mm. my husband and saying, well, ugh, your eyes are bleh, but his eyes are <laughs> woo. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not comparing him. I'm just simply I have like the confidence and in my relationship to be able to say, hey, buddy, you have beautiful eyes. And not only that, but mm. so does your girlfriend. Okay. All right. Good talk. talk. Hey, everyone. Before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that we are cutting registration off to register for our Seattle Couples Workshop that's happening on March 23rd and 24th. We're going to be cutting registration off this coming Saturday. So I wanted to make sure that you, if you've been thinking about this, if you have maybe just sort of mentioned it to your partner in passing, but you really are continuing to think that this would be something that you would benefit from, that you really do need the weekend to reconnect, to gain some skills, then pull the trigger. The registration cost is incredibly affordable. Seattle is beautiful in March and you get to hang out with Zach and me. So go ahead and go to our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. You can register by clicking on the tab that says workshops and you'll see that we have another date in June. But I do want to make sure that if you're thinking you want to register for March workshop, do it now because we're going to be shutting down registration coming this Saturday. What are we talking about today? 
I guess somebody asked you about uh, long distance relationships, how to make that yeah, work, or particularly yeah. when maybe one partner travels or not. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to talk about, probably more um, when couples travel, because I think that that's probably uh, more often happens where you have one partner that travels um, and is gone for a couple of days. I mean, I travel, you travel, and yeah, yeah, so probably talk about that rather than an actual long distance relationship where couples are living in two separate locations. Well, fun fact. Yes. Fun fact. Uh, Rebecca and I, when we first met, I was living in Philadelphia. She was living in Connecticut. And the first, basically the first year and a half of our entire relationship, including our engagement, was uh, from like two and a half hours away. And this was before cell phones and mm. before the internet, really. Mm. I mean, and so if we wanted to see each other, we had to actually drive. But And the first time that we ever lived in the same town, we we were, I mean, it was a week after our wedding. So we My. we never even lived in the same town, much less the same house. So you and Rebecca never lived together, like actually lived together. No. Wow. We didn't live together. We didn't live in the same city. We didn't live in the same community. We didn't have the same grocery store. We didn't have the same bank. We didn't, I mean, we had nothing. That's so that's it was wild. It was a pretty wild transition. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I have this, a little bit of expertise in uh-huh. long distance relationships, but that was before the world was flat because now, I mean, now the world's flat, right? You and I can talk weekly face to face, even though we live a thousand miles away yeah. you know, or however many. Yeah. Miles. For those of you um, who, are, who hadn't heard this, Zach and I are not in the same space. He lives in Seattle and I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we get together and we FaceTime. So we're looking at each other on our phones with headphones on and we're yeah. recording our voices. Yeah. It's good to see you. No, Aww. I shaved for you today. Thank you. And you were on time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It reminds me of, uh, I was giving, I was, so I was teaching at a, uh, a couple's retreat this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, down in Cannon beach. When's the last time you went to Cannon beach um, in Oregon? It's it gorgeous. It was anyway, a year and a half not, ago. Thanks for asking. Okay. Wasn't okay. Cool. Um, yeah, so it was a, th- a three-day kind of a three-day retreat. I taught five different sort of little mini sessions, and I said something out loud that I haven't said out loud before. Which we've talked before about kind of the five um, sort of layers of intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. There's intellectual intimacy, emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, sexual intimacy, and spiritual, spiritual intimacy. And I always differentiate between physical and sexual because yeah. they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I, something that came out of my mouth was really surprising to me, which is that. Um, Physical intimacy is really about proximity, right? It's really about how how we kind of move through space together. Yeah. And that might be everything from cuddling on the couch to going to the bathroom with the door open to holding hands when we walk mm-hmm. down the street. Like it's there's something about that. But then I said sexual intimacy, of course, is different. And you can have sexual intimacy without being in the same space. Like if your partner travels a lot, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. have sexual intimacy on the phone or sure. you can sext you know, yeah. or do whatever. Yeah. And so it just was an interesting juxtaposition oh. that I hadn't kind of thought of before until I said it. And then when you talked about like, kind of what do we do with this long distance yeah. sort of traveling situation, mm-hmm. it, it, there's this assumption, or maybe there used to be this assumption that that meant that there was the end of intimacy or that the withdrawal of presence was the withdrawal of connection, Right. but it doesn't have to be that way, you know? Not and at all. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I have I've had couples that are particularly anxious and I have a couple right now that's very anxious that when their partner leaves their side, they're very accustomed to being together in the same space, sharing physical intimacy a lot. 
And and there's couples that are the opposite, where they are almost never in the same space at the same time. They might be tag teaming mm-hmm. with their kids. They haven't sat down to have a meal together. And there's a new recent study that says that once a week, couples are spending face-to-face time looking and talking to each other only 30 minutes of the day or 30 minutes out mm-hmm. of the, out of the week. So the physical mm-hmm. proximity piece, uh, whatever camp you fall into. But um, with these couples that are pretty anxious, when one partner leaves on a business trip, and maybe they're gone for two, three, four, five, six days. My husband right now is on a business trip and will continue to do more of these business trips. What can you do to either reduce your anxiety or draw connection? And I like mm. that you had just talked about the five sort of different facets of intimacy because that gives you a, a handful, literally a handful. I'm holding my hand up with five, mm. a, a mm. handful of different ways to connect with your partner when they're not physically in the same room as you. So what, yeah. what could that look like? And how do you continue to maintain connection and trust and um, closeness when one person's gone? Um, and how do you also reduce your anxiety when you're an anxious person, when your partner leaves your side? So uh, I guess here's a couple of things that I have recommended to couples that ha- they have really liked. One thing okay. that they really like is they like setting up regular ongoing touches throughout the day, meaning, hey, when you wake up, I want us to be like, whoever wakes up first, text the other person. And then let's FaceTime when we're both awake. Um, and so partners okay. will have sort of regular phone calls. Before you go to bed, let's talk. And then let's text throughout the day. Um, another thing that has worked for couples is they write love notes to each other and they hide mm-hmm. them in the suitcases. So before mm-hmm. your partner leaves, you can write them some love notes, maybe have some pictures that you want to send them and then hide it in their suitcase so that while they are undressing, um, they might find a a nice little love note in one of their like trouser pants pockets or something like Mm. that. Trouser pant pocket. Mm. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. I don't know if anybody calls them trousers anymore, but sure. I was thinking of trouser snake, trouser snake, trouser pant pocket. Yeah. We're editing that out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never, never. Um, some people appreciate how quick my mind goes there. Some people don't. (laughs) Some people do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What would you recommend? What are other ways that people can stay connected even though they're traveling? Well, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. My problem is that I'm 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 jumping over the first part of your your description because when I travel or when Rebecca travels, we just don't talk. Mm. We just we just don't. It's like, nope, you're gone, and that just means you're gone. And okay. and sometimes that actually increases the or maybe it does reduce the anxiety because there's no expectation, right? That may mm. be the other pieces that there's um there's kind of this. I always say that if you have a, a, an expectation and you have an experience and the pain is in the middle right. of those two things. Yeah. And so you can either raise your experience or you can lower your expectation. And so maybe one recommendation is to just lower your expectation for that time and just to not have to worry about the fact that you're not in the same space and give yourself as permission to 
to kind of live independently for a minute or to be a single parent for a couple mm. days or, um, and she travels way more than I do. And I actually prefer that she just go and do her thing. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't mind but, that um, at all. But, but what you said is expectation is I think oftentimes our expectations are unspoken. So as long as you have an expectation mm. and it's verbalized and both of you are in agreement as to what the expectation is, then I think you're cool. But if one of you has the expectation that you're going to get love notes in your pant pocket and the other person has an expectation that they're never going to hear yeah. from you again, <laughs> I think there's that's the pain point. Yeah. So clarify the expectation. I guess. Yeah. And maybe another piece, if I'm just thinking tactically, remember that uh, remember that movie? You pro you probably were a little too young, actually, with um, Fievel the mouse. Mm -hmm. And he like looks up at the moon and mm -hmm. he kind of imagines that. That Sing his mom is like also looking up at the moon and that, you know the song. that kind of connects him. I don't know if I can remember. Some I don't know if I remember. But, out there. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh so let's say you're traveling, right? And you need you can you can sort of create the moon, right? And that may be that you listen to the same podcast or you're reading the same book or mm. you're you're um watching the same show mm -hmm. when you get back to your hotel room. And, and it can just be this way that you sort of tether to home right. with a th using a third, sort of a third thing, Yeah, you know? And all of that, I guess, is is consumption of media. But maybe it is just going out and looking up at the moon and being like, hey. Um, What's it look like? Just thinking of you or yeah. praying for you or talk, call it. Maybe I call you and we just look up. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So there's ways I think that you can sort of triangle, triangular, triangle, tri tri create, triangulate, connect mm -hmm. with, uh, <laughs> with something, some third thing. Sure. Yeah. I've had couples that have made it a regular, this is for couples who live long distance, but they have a regular movie night. So they will go to the movie theater and they'll find a movie that's playing at the exact same time. And sometimes it's not a movie that they want to watch necessarily, but it's the one that's playing at the same time. And they will be the annoying people that are, they just have like a headphone in their ear and they're watching the movie together. And if there's a comment that they have in the movie, they'll just sort of whisper it. But they watch the movie together and they're at the theater and then they'll go out to dinner and they'll put their phone on their kickstand and they'll have dinner with their partner, even though. And that again, that's a medium, right? That's a third thing. You're using that to connect. But I like having yeah. having rituals. And we've talked about this, but you almost need to reinforce rituals when you are in a either long distance relationship or somebody's on business, even more so than you would at home. Like you have to be even more intentional about how you're going to connect. So it might be yeah. every night before we go to bed, normally we do, let's say, book story time with the kids. And now that you are traveling on business, why don't you call and we will loop you in and we can all do story time together. And that helps to keep mm. those rituals consistent, including the other person can help to keep that intimate connection. Try and think of other yeah. tips. I didn't share my fun fact, but for the first seven years of Ryan and I's relationship, maybe the first five years of us being married, he traveled 80% of the time, um, yeah. which was quite a bit. And that was a long time that we were apart. Um, and you almost yeah, had it's like to, almost a hundred. It's almost a hundred <laughs> <laughs> nearly all of the time. Um, yeah. And that was, that was unique. What do you do about somebody who's anxious? I just recently had, um, uh, and their listeners too, uh, listeners that had reached out and we recognized that they are anxious when they leave one another's side because of low trust. And so when mm. you have one person that's traveling 
not only is it not fun to not be with your partner, but it's also anxiety producing because there's a lack of trust. You don't know what that person's doing while you're not with them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, that seems like a few layers down the street, right? I mean, it seems like some for some reason trust is diminished and needs to be built up mm-hmm. in sort of minor ways, not these sort of major ways. And 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 of course the you know, I've always been an advocate for saying, you know, sometimes partner A doesn't trust partner B, and it could be because partner A has a low capacity for trust. Right. They um it's just that they maybe they were abandoned as a child or they've been cheated on forever or somebody stole all their money, you know. Um and it could be because partner B is not trustworthy. It could sure. be because partner B is a scandalous, you know, addict who's got a series of, or history of infidelity or whatever. And the reality is somewhere in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. as it is usually is. But I think the anxiety or the um, the need to build trust, it lies on both partners, right? One of mm-hmm. them has to increase their capacity for trust. Right. And the other one has to increase his or her you know, notion of reliability or trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. And that, especially if travel is required, right. Especially if your, your job or your life keeps you separated. Right. um, And it's just kind of what you've already signed up for. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can't do either of those things, maybe you need a new job to be honest. I mean, yeah, I think sometimes people keep trying to make the square fit into the circle peg. And it's just it's like you might just have to rearrange your life a little bit. You might have to find a new job where you're not traveling as much because you're just constantly sort of stepping on these land landmines. Um, yeah. I did have a, a couple where they were really trying to reinforce and what they did was they set up some uh, boundaries. And one of the main boundaries, we might've talked about this in the past podcast. We had this one also in my husband and I's relationship early on when he was traveling, he was in his mid twenties and we had not had a foundation where we were building trust. But I know that my husband likes to have a couple of whiskeys when he's on the road. And he, Mm -hmm. and, and that part I was uncomfortable with because my imagination the truth that I thought was happening was way worse than what was actually happening, that he might be mm. at a hotel bar having a couple of whiskeys and then going to bed. But in my mind, he was sitting next to the prettiest girl at the bar and he was mm-hmm. buying her whiskeys. She was buying him whiskeys. Somebody was flirting, whatever it might be. So we just decided, look, on the road, it's a two drink max. That's it. Because the, mm. what happened was... I was getting really anxious and my husband understood that he doesn't make the best decisions when he's intoxicated. I don't think anybody really does. So we just removed that from the playbook Mm. and that was really helpful. And for a lot of couples having um, some boundaries around alcohol when they're on the road makes a lot of sense. And we talk about that actually in Shirley Glass's book, uh, Slippery Slope. Mm -hmm. She talks about the slippery slope and alcohol is one of Mm -hmm. them kind of all over the place. I have a, I have shiny squirrel syndrome today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there's a um the um there <laughs> we went to uh the middle school orientation night the other day and they were telling us about this original play that the drama club was doing and the the title of the play is something like the internet is a crazy no the internet is uh it's easy to get distracted by the internet oh look a pigeon <laughs> It's like the name of the play or something. It's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Yeah, so that, that's okay, a, okay. that kind that's, of fits. Uh, it's perfect for middle schoolers, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 
Um, hey, I wanted to read this. I thought this was so cool. This was a uh, a listener that had written in, and she was she was referencing a podcast that we had talked about. Where here, I'll just read it. It's just a couple of lines here. She says, you had an episode about this couple that used this figurine on their nightstand in order to initiate sex. I thought it was the craziest thing and so weird. My husband and I have an unspoken love language, which is normally when I go upstairs after getting the kids to sleep and before take my nightly routine. Oh, I totally skipped a line. We have an unspoken (laughs) love language, which is normally him initiating sex. But I thought we were having sex an okay amount, and I told him a new plan, and that I was going to turn down the bed, a.k.a. pull the covers down on the bed when I went upstairs. And then this would be his way of knowing that I wanted to have sex that night. I thought it would be a crazy... I thought it was crazy in your podcast when you brought that up. So it sounds like the, the figurines, they're not the only ones. She has her own way of initiating sex. But she said it works well for us. He likes to know that I'm in the mood and he likes that I initiate and I like that there's no going back because once I pull the covers down, it's set in my mind that it's gonna Mm. happen. Just wanted to Mm. share how you have helped our marriage and I value both of your opinions so much. I love that she included both, both of your opinions. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So, Um, yeah. Yeah, to me, I mean, I I love, I love A, when people write and I'm encouraged that uh, they're finding creative ways to solve problems in that, inside their relationship right. with sex in particular. I am a big fan of thinking about sex the same way that my, my full-time job before this was in fundraising. And I know I've said this several times, yeah. but one of the very first things I did was try to figure out how did my donors like to be asked for money? Mm-hmm. Basically, how was I going to get my yes? Mm-hmm. Was it just to, was it call them on the phone? Was it take them to lunch? Was it to invite them to an event? Was it just to, um, you know, was it to send them a letter? Was it just to automate it? Like yeah. I just pulled $10 out of their account or $100 out of their account every mm-hmm. month or something. Um, and that that's, you know, finding out how you're going to get your yes is a is a critical part of the equation. Yeah. You know, and yeah. if it's pulling the seats down, great. Mm. Um, you know, I, so. this is a side note. I'm reading this book and it's called Becoming Cliterate. Mm-hmm. You know this mm-hmm. part. You've seen it. Have you heard of the book Becoming yeah. Cliterate? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. Okay, so in case you're wondering, like, why she keeps saying that word that I've never heard, it's literally like a play on words. It's as in like your clitoris, you're becoming literate at at your clitorate. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a dad joke. It's like a dad joke tucked (laughs) into the title of your book. Get it tucked in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Crack myself up. Anyway, (laughs) um, in case you are out there, I just wanted to recommend it because I think that it is a really good book to have in your arsenal. That if you are a relationship and you want to learn more about sex, I think that there's no better way than by just informing yourself. And I think that this book is incredible. So ladies, read it. You're probably going to be like, wow, I had no idea that I had all these working parts and all the things I could do with them. Um, and then you can inform your partner about that. All right. I think we should hop off. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has gone long enough. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your emails and for writing into us. And, um, and if you want to call us, you can absolutely call us and leave a voicemail and we'll play it on air. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Just as a reminder, we have monthly marriage clinics that are coming up, and it is a personal invitation to those of you who are our supporters uh, through Patreon at the $10 mark or more. 
And what we do is we gather in a live webinar where you actually get to see our faces and interact with us. But we do a deep dive into something that feels most important in your relationship. In our past marriage clinics, we have covered infidelity. We have covered the five love languages. We've covered ways to intensify and deepen your connection over the weekend. We have our next marriage clinic. It's coming up on Tuesday, April 9th, 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So now is a great time to become a patron at the $10 mark or more so that you get that personal invitation to join us for our monthly marriage clinics. You can do that by going to marriagetherapyradio.com and just click on Patreon. From there, you can become a subscriber at the $10 mark or more. Thank you so much for the time and energy that you're putting into your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.